0: to fail, and it was difficult to communicate with him. Nevertheless, he maintained a very strong effort to maintain his independence. It was difficult to reach him by telephone. I remember ordering a gift for him, a telephone with a flashing light. When the package arrived, somehow the manufacturer inserted the cost, the paid cost of the telephone. When Oscar saw, the price of the telephone, he called me yelling at me why I spent so much money for a gadget, which he called, and the next day it was back in the package returning it to the manufacturer. Has a gabai for minions fired? He graciously welcomed all visitors. He made sure everyone felt comfortable and davening in Minionsvard. The Minion is not the same without our Oscar. May his neshama have an aliyah. Uh, Zev and Yaakov Eliezer barony I would like to call on Rav Zvulun Kalab, who has to leave shortly, he will say a few words. Louis Shema. Have a kol.
1: after about 40 years, and certainly in the last 35 plus years, since I've been in yeshiva almost every day, and I leave Friday quite late, and whenever I used to leave, almost whenever I left, he would be sitting on the bench here, so he would come several hours earlier, and when he saw me go into the taxi, if he had a chance, he would just jump up out of his chair. He says, Rabbi he would come and grab me. And someone who's done that for nearly 40 years is not someone that you forget easily or that you will ever forget. He used to boast about his physical prowess. He was a soccer player. and He told me about the great soccer player that he was. And uh, he used to tell me how much he could run. Just to a few years ago, he still uh, tried to exhibit me in various ways the strength that was Oscar Barony. And he was a strong man, but he didn't know all the while that he was talking to me about his physical prowess, that I was thinking about this man who comes every day almost, and certainly Shabbos I saw him, and he was so true, such a neman, to a minion, to tefillah, to Hashem, that uh, his physical prowess paled before the giant spirit he was. I just want to leave you with one thought, and it's a very difficult thought. I know that his sister is here and she, of course, has sustained the greatest loss, the profoundest loss of all of us here, however deep his absence will be felt and has already been felt. In the character we said yesterday, and it's a, a, a shot that's very plushy, but it never really struck me, and I didn't realize that I would be here today. And it We did Pariksleshi yesterday. And in Parash we said, the very first Mishnah. akavya ben l'omer is tako v'shlooshu v'ena to bol avera, da meya imbosah, u'lona toho leif, <laughs> u'lifne miya sidli tain d'in v'cheshbim. Meya Boso, meti Will honor to Holech Lemcom afar Remor the Soleo. Will if name me at Osed, Litain din Vichesben, Lithne Melach Malcham Lachemakorish Baruch. Whenever I used to read this, and how many times did I read it during the course of my life? I thought that the last of the three was the most terrifying. You're going to have to meet and give him and the first time I thought of it, yes, it's a very simple thought, probably all of you have always understood it that way. Because you say immediately after it's the Koschat and we say Aleinu and then we say the Peret. It's the autumn of the to Hashem. So there seems to be a common level ground between Adam or Be'hemot to Hashem. So he comes and tells us something very, very important and very unique and very great. That we're not different than the animal. We come from people su'cha. And we're not different from the animal we'll go to far. But we are so profoundly different to human beings. Think of it. The third is not the terrifying prospect that confronts us. The fact that we will have an opportunity. I call up some very important people. As important as they are, they're not as important as our Godful is. They don't answer the phone. They don't call me back. I'm sure, I'm sure you all have that. And here suddenly we're going to have an appointment with him. We're going to meet him. He's going to give a din to You have nothing to say to him, you can be frightened by it. But even then, it elevates, it raises up every human being. I want you to know that Oscar always elevated himself by the, the life he led and what he held precious and true. And he would be able to come with me, and you have to give it one last thought that occurred to me yesterday for the first time. We say that there are particularly on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, there are books open, a open, saying Baruch And the Sefer HaMesim. Why does HaKadosh Baruch have to have the Sefer HaMesim open? And the Asar HaShem and Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. They're dead already. What do we mean by we say lots of din v'chejbin? It's an old question. You first make a chesbin, you have a trial, you go through all the you consider all the evidence, and after you consider all the evidence, you have a cheshbon, then you make a din. Why does it say first din and then cheshbon? There are various turrets. In. It's the first time I thought of it yesterday. The reason that Kodesh Baruch Hu opens up the Sefer makes him because he sees what happens afterwards. Sometimes people have children, they have grandchildren, they have other things that follow afterwards. So, Rahmanullah, if I wasn't such a great Jew, and my children are great Jews, and my grandchildren, and they do great mitzvahs, so we're always up for review. My children couldn't have been good if it wasn't something that I did. My grandchildren could be. So, therefore, it's lasso's din, the chajmin. This is the chajmin after the din. We are always under review. Oscar did all he can in his lifetime but I think that all the people he impacted upon just by his his punctiliousness to do everything he's a mile level always he was a mile level and he was the last one out uh, Rabbi
0: Blau
2: Baron Zev, and though difficult for anyone to refer to to him as anything else but Oscar, everyone knew Oscar, was a remarkable individual. One mark of it, and it's unfortunate because of the timing that we don't see it here, when I came back to Yeshiva after Pesach, I heard a great deal of stirring. Amongst the workers around yeshiva. Oscar passed away and no one told us. We weren't given an opportunity to attend to the funeral. How could that be? He somehow made a mark on all these individuals who worked for yeshiva over the years. He wasn't a student he wasn't faculty, he wasn't administration, he didn't work here, but they all felt the loss. A kiddush Hashem and that his life reflecting his utter commitment to tefillah and to mitzvahs impacted on so many people who were not Jewish Worked here and simply saw him and saw how he lived. In Bahalosha, we're told about Aaron Akohen, by Aske and Aaron. Rashi points out, Malambe Chaloshina. Say the merit of Aaron Akohen was that he did the Avodah, the service in the Mishkan, every day. And he never changed. And we all know the question. You're not allowed to change. Couldn't have done it differently than the requirements of the Torah, the halacha. So what's so unusual about it? And many answers are given. But if we think of Oscar, we think of someone who came day after day, Shabbos after Shabbos, here, for well over half a century, with the same enthusiasm, with the same commitment, then we understand very well what Rashi is saying. How remarkable it is, and it was for Arunach Cohen, that 39 years later, and the last year of his life he was still doing the Avoda and the Mishkan with the same enthusiasm, with the same commitment that he showed when he started and it was so exciting and so new. And that was Asuka. Malamich Roshina. He didn't change. In fact, it was hard for any of us to imagine that he passed away. He was ageless. He was permanent. If anything remained the same, it was Oscar. 95, 96, what difference did it make? But to have him, this minion in room 101 meant Oscar. To be there early, to set up for the kiddush, to go to the Shir, to stay late. He didn't change. I think it's also important for us, particularly for the students, the Talmidim of the yeshiva over here. Now we're accustomed to recognize Tamidi Chachamim, Rashi Yeshivas, Rabbanim, great scholars. You need to be reminded that someone who didn't have that opportunity never claimed to be a scholar, could also be a most remarkable Jew, and one who set standards that we could also all try to emulate. There are others to speak, and I don't want to take any longer. Halavai. That any one of us retains the commitment, the enthusiasm, the joy as with davening, with doing mitzvahs, until we'll all be at least 95 and 96. If we will be Zocha to emulate Oscar in such a fashion, it will be a great merit for all of us. Yehi zichraru baruch.
0: Rabbi
3: Reichman, please. <coughs> it's just, uh, Rashi Yeshiva <coughs> and uh assembled guests, family. Gemara says, <coughs> The old men in Pumpadisa, what was their merit that they lived for such a long life? And the Gemara answers that they came early to shul and they stayed late after shul. And this was the epitome of our dear beloved Asker, who came early to shul and stayed late after shul. And he lived, Bok Hashem, a long life like the elders of the town of Pompadisa, the famous town of the Gemara Bavli. I saw in the Ramban, everybody in the yeshiva should is well aware of this Ramban, and the pasuk of Kedoshim Tiyu. You should be holy. As Ramban explains in his view that it refers to the concept of Kadesh Atzmacha B'mutlachah, that a person has a general obligation to find areas in which he can make himself holy in areas which the Torah does not explicitly require. It's a question of, of coming to a synagogue. In general, is not so clear in halacha whether a person is obligated to daven with a minion three times a day, especially in a shul. Many uh, great rabbanim were not makpid to daven with a shul, especially those who are our teachers. Names unmentioned, and uh, the the but someone who is makbed to come to a shul, and someone who's makpid to become one of the mashkime, but a medrash, early to rise, early to come to shul, is fulfilling the Ramban's exhortation of kadesh atzmacha b'mutalachar, to become a kadosh in an area which is reshus, an area which is voluntary. And I was thinking that rabaskar zechasar glevachar, was fulfilling a, a certain midah or a good quality of of hachana of getting ready, getting ready. The Pasuk says, Get ready when you're going to meet the Berunis Shalaylam. You don't just bump into the Berunis There's an appointment to, to meet him. You have to get ready to meet him. And when a person goes to tefillah, which is a moed, a meeting with the Kaddish Baruch Hu, it is certainly in a tremendous quality to understand that this meeting with Rabanne Shalolam requires hahana I have to get ready for this. And hachanah requires time. You cannot get ready for an important meeting in the last two minutes. And all of us have gone to various important Meetings with various people, we know how, many, how much time we put to get ready for this particular meeting. And here was a man who knew that every tfilah every time he comes to daven on a shachris or a mincha on a mariv, he's meeting the Melech malcham Lochim, and he has to have a hachonah, he has to get ready for this meeting. And therefore he would come hours early to shul, hours early. I was privileged, I don't remember who said this story at the Leviah. But at the Levaia, someone said over from the family that where did Reb Asker Zetzal take this minog tov, this wonderful practice to come early to Shul, where did he take it from? So the way I understood it was that he was in a particular military group, American soldiers in World War II. He was surrounded by the Nazis in Mach Shemum and they had to fight their way out of the surrounding circle and out of a hundred some odd soldiers only two or someone told me four survived and Aska was one of the two or the four out of a hundred some odd soldiers everybody else was killed so he took upon himself that after this miracle of Kaddish Baruch Hu saved his life he's going to come early to Shul he's going to come early to Shul to thank Kaddish Baruch Hu for every moment of his life. He was get ready for davening. And part of the was also, he was making for Shabbos. He was early, people tell me that at 8, 9 o'clock in the morning, you get in touch with him, he was already, the house was ready for Shabbos. And then he comes to shul by mincha 12 30 1 o'clock, he's already waiting for Shabbos. It's a special pasuk in the Chumash to make a hachana for Shabbos to get ready for the meeting with Hakadosh Baruch Hu on Shabbos. So he was makayim a minig, a tiyu a kadosh atzmacha something extra and special in terms of hachana for tfilo and hachonah for Shabbos. And as I was thinking about this. Actually, Hachana for tefillah and Hachana for Shabbos are mentioned in the in the P'sukim. Heichon leKras Hashem leKecha, Barbi And this person understood this. And actually, in tefillah, we go to a Kodesh Baruch We go up to Him, and then Shabbos, the Shabbos Malkusah comes down to us. The meeting is sometimes I go to someone, sometimes the some person comes to me. So whether it's Tfilah where we go to the Kaddish Baruchu, whether it's it's Shabbos or Kaddish Baruchu, the of Kadosh comes to us. There's a hachana which asks, asks, I have to be ready for this meeting. And therefore he was zocher in a very incredible way. What Ramban writes in the pasuk Kadoshim tiyu ki Kodesh ani Hashem lo kechem. So Ramban says, what is this key? What's this connection? You be holy because I am holy. Really, uh, it's a kasha. Kaddish is holy. I understand, but that is people become holy. People are not the kaddish bohu So Amban writes, Tiyu ki kaddish ani." If you want to come close to me, every Jew wants to come close to the Beru Olam. Every person wants to know his Maker. If you want to know your Maker, you want to know me. You have to be Kadosh, Ki Kadosh The only way you can come to Kadosh Baruch Hu is through the path of Kadusha. That's what Ramban says. You want to have the by Kaddish Baruch Hu, you want to come close to him, and he is Kadosh, so you must go the road of Kadusha Kadoshim to and you will be Mizdabik with me, Ki Kadosh Ani, because I am Kadosh, and this is the way to come close to me. it's out he was Zohche, to have a dvekus, a closeness through the hachana for tefillah, and through the hachana for Shabbos, so he was mizdabik b'Hashem, God's name was on his lips all the time. When you spoke to this person, he always had Hashem this, Hashem that, Hashem this. He had God's name on his lips. And I believe this is also perhaps why he was such a strong soccer player because he had the spirit of Hashem in him and he wanted to show on the soccer field that a Jew could play better than a non-Jew. The non-Jews claimed sports as their area and he wanted to show, no, that a Jew could do as well and even better than a non-Jew. He was very proud of the fact that he used to beat all the Goyim on the soccer field. And uh, this is because he had he had uh, he had a something of David the Melech. David was was also mizdabik Bashem in and Tfilah and mizdabik Bashem and Migdosh migdash and then But David the was a gibochayil. He was a tremendous fighter, tremendous fighter. Because the dveikus by Kodesh Baruch the kedusha which being close to Kodesh Baruch gives you gives you physical strength. So the Rambam writes in Nevuchim, that the Nevi'im had tremendous strength. Yaakov and Moshe Rabbein who could lift rocks that 10 non-Jews couldn't even lift. They could lift it themselves. Because being close to Kodesh Baruch gives you tremendous physical koach, which this person had. In 90, he was beating people on the soccer field at the age of 90. I want to add one personal thing. I've never had an experience of a person like Oscar who gave so much kavod to me personally, for no reason, mamish no reason whatsoever. I never did anything for him, and he was always mechabit me, ad le Rabbi Reichman this, and Rabbi Reichman that, and he runs with a chair for me and a shtenda, and he makes announcements. Rabbi Reichman will do this. The I never did anything for him. He always did for me, and I was thinking. It says in Pirkei Avos, "Aseilachorav, keneilachochaver." So. I think Oscar would appreciate this vote. he liked the good vote. If you make yourself the Rav, asay le Rav, you take a Tamil chacham and you make him your Rav, then Knei le this is how you will acquire that Tamil chacham to be your friend. This was a person who knew the idea of being Mechabe Talmida chachamim. He was Mechabe Talmida chachamim, where there was any rabbi in the yeshiva, when he mentioned the name rabbi Rabbi Cohen, Rabbi Blau, Rabbi Chalav, whoever it was with such honor, he was Kona that Chachomim of the yeshiva says Chavayvim, because he knew the idea of Hasei Lecho You make a Rav, a person your Rav, Kenei Lecho This is how the Rav becomes your Chavayvim. And I think this is also because of his Dvekos Vashem Mizrach, because he was a mechin to meet the Rebarn Shloylam and and to meet the Rebarn Shloylam in Shabbos, he also understood that you cling to by clinging to the chachamim. And this was a person who, who loved being with chachamim. He had the middle of to cling to Hashem Isvach, to cling to Chachamin. He should be
0: Yitzchak Cohen, please.
4: <clears throat> Shmuel Aleph. Torah records a plan that was set up between David and Yonason. David was very suspicious that Sholamalach was out to destroy him, to kill him. And there was a plan between David and Jonason if this were true or not. The plan was that the Eshlach Hesanar Lek Matsu Hesachim Im Oma Omalanar Hineachim Imho Feheno Kacheno Avoki Show no Vindovali Ashem. He'll send the arrow. And will tell this Nar that the arrows are just close by. That's a siman that they show on the Shoah Melech does not want to kill David. If, however, in Komar Le'elam, is referring to this young boy, in Yachitzim Mimchad Voholah, they're far away, Lech Ki Hashem, then you're in trouble. Then David, that Shoah Melech wants to kill you. This individual that played a great important part, the Malchus based David, the future Malchus based David, was this Nar? Was this Helam? The Nar does not mean a fool. What was his name? What was his Yichus? You do not know. It's not important. Just did it just is a miser, Not so f- profound. Not so intense. Just to pick up the arrows. To do what you're told. To do what you're told. This is a young boy. Zev Barony, known as Oscar, was a young man, as we heard. He had givurus. Van Cortland Park, every Sunday morning, givurus. This givurus was shown when he greeted people, with a spirit, with a slavis, with life, well over 90, it's very seldom you find an older person smile. Elderly people don't smile. They see the Malachamavis. The Malachamavis, how can you smile? How can you greet people? How can you greet people? Went through an operation a few years ago. Yes, he was in the hospital. But afterwards, he smiled. Bok Hashem? Bok Hashem? Elder person smiles? You smile if you have grandchildren. You smile if you have great grandchildren. Nachas, take out the pictures of your children, your grandchildren. Then you can smile. But if you're a bachelor, a bachelor, no mishpach, how can you smile? How can you become a call? Or in a office? A bacher can do it. A davar can do it. A bacher, a bacher, a ninety-six year old bacher, a bacher, out the a bacher. A bacher. A bacher. A bacher. A bacher smiled. Yes, he came every, every Shabbos. He was here way before the carpets. Lascar should have been in Room 101. He spent hours in 101. He cleaned the floors every time. Don't the boys know? To Pick up the papers. He always complained. There's is a person that was neat. Always oh, he neat? Neat in his dress, his conduct. Hygiene? Hygiene? Why don't they teach him hygiene here? He spent over two hours, every Arab Shabbos, cleaning up the room, putting the desks in order. The Sidurim, the Chumashim, for the sheer, nothing to discuss. Everyone had a Gemara, the Chumash, everything was in place. Every, every Shabbos. And then afterwards, he rested on the bench, rested here, he i nine the Torah, everything in English, he read. All the literature there that we had. The Mitzray Shabbos, who was the one that said Hadola? Mitzray Shabbos? Oscar? Oscar made Abdullah for years and years. Wednesday was the Shir, the Mizrahi Shir for decades. Oscar, all the Akhones that were heard, they we prepared for the Shir. He was mishamish. Zahrein Naram Gadol, Rav Rom, Zahrein Lavrocha. He put on his coat. There wasn't so many years difference between Rav Ram and Oscar. He malavim him to the car, as Rav Rachman mentioned, the kibbutz they have for for Torah, for learning, for Torah. Tremendous. My Rebbe, my Rebbe, he meant to Rav Rom. Yes. The Kaaba Paul called him to say, the Saber Party office. To our family personally, he was known as Uncle Oscar. My boys went every Purim to his house, and they were shocked. Because they were here, they were there, this heir, the Purim. Purim, Mesameach, they danced with him and sang with him, and this went on every year. So they received the shock. They did not expect the news of the heir of Pesach this year. Oscar, we didn't discuss it. And I really don't know myself. What did he do? He sat in shul all day? I was told he's a shatchen. A man never got married. A shatchen? A shatchen? He never got married? In business. In business, between the lokech and the moicher in diamonds and other things, was a shatchen. My father, Oluvashon, loved this man. They both said the same thing about the, each other. My father spent many Shabbos here, many months here, in he shiva, and they would discuss business. And each one said to on the other, ah, i got the business cup, i got the business cup. Mm-hmm. He used to tell me, my father, your father, oh, he knows the world. He's a man of the world. And my father said the same thing about Oscar, a man of the world. It took one time, I think two to three hours, he came to our apartment and spoke with my father. I spoke with him in business and cheered him up. He had a sense of humor. A sense of humor. Jolly. A bochir! A bochir! A bochir! And this was his life. i like to say in summary, this week sedra was mentioned kadoshim Tiyu. Kadoshim Tiyu. So the Zohar mentions Kavimoti Hebre high L'hai Parshasa Havichadoyim. Chavikadisha came to this parsha and they would smile. This parsha gave them a chizuk. What was the chizuk of Kadoshim Tiyu? Because Kadoshim Tiyu is not referring to a special individual. It's not just perik chavav in the silsishorim. After one goes through a certain process as Rizis and Ziris and Anivas and so on, he can become a Kaddish. Kaddish Tiyu is a certain parasha The entire Klal Yisrael has this ability to become Kadoshim Tiyu. And how do we know this? Because the Pesach tells us right afterwards, that one can come to this kedusha by respecting your parents and keeping Shabbos. And before Shem say, on the Pesach, to come to kedusha. It has to start not with Zekele'v'anvehuh, but like Ovi v'arabbenah. It has to come from the home. As you respect your parents, Ish imo v'v'yavv'tiroh v'shapsos et tishmaru, then you come to Kedoshim to you. I believe that this feeling, this beautiful man had, impressed everyone that knew him, is from the home. It came from the home. He used to speak, Father, Father! If Father were here, he wouldn't allow this. Father, you remember my father? He was my my father. So strict home. I came from a home. Strict home, religious Judaism. And they were well off too. A home that he saw, they meant what they said. They kept Yiddishkeit. It made a tremendous impression. When he was talking about his father, I figured, a little booker, speaking about his father? His father, my father, father. So, so of my father. He came from the home. He was Machabida's father's mother. My mother, cautious in our home. Oh, so strict. My father wouldn't allow this, and wouldn't allow this, and wouldn't allow this. Oh, strict home, a home, a home. He lived with this. He lived with this. Yes, a bacher, A bacher, But a young bacher. A chizik to all of us. With a smile, to be able to make a call on him and not to be bitter and angry and vicious. and To take revenge at his life. Not at all. It wasn't knicker. It wasn't obvious at all. Oscar, unfortunately, was not a father. Unfortunately, he didn't leave any children. He was a son. With his son to the last moment of his life. What can we do? Those that admired him, Harvard Yeshiva. It's not just Kaddish. A Pom said, Kaddish for the Nifter is like sending a telegram. A telegram? There's better ways today than telegrams. A letter, Apostle Post, that are Limon Mishnaeus by, by doing Chesed. It is possible and it is possible for the B'nai Torah for all of us to learn Mishnayos, To learn Mishnayos, the Zeich Nishmaso, Aaron Zev, Aaron Zev, Ben Yaakov Eliezer. To learn and have him in mind, this will be my, my Zeich Nishmaso and that will be Elias Neshama. He loved Tamechachamim, he admired every book in the Yeshiva. The learning, the learning in the Yeshiva, he admired it, he respected it. What can we do to repay this? To think of this individual, to have his aliyahs the a little higher up, a little higher up. This limit, limit Hopefully, we'll make upon ourselves to learn the barony family
0: were very athletically inclined. In fact, Oscar himself in when he first came to the United States was a professional soccer player on a professional team. One of his sisters was a professional ice skater. Those of you who occasionally visited Rockefeller Center would have the privilege of seeing one of his sisters often skating in the famous Rockefeller skating rink. His his favorite family member, one who he used to talk to me often about and how proud he was, was a nephew of his who was a Supreme Court judge, and he marveled that that he was zocher to have such a family member in his family. His nephew is here with us tonight, and to represent the family, I call on Judge Leventhal.
5: I'm humbled to be called to speak after rabbis. I mean, what more can I say? Uh, they compared Oscar to David and Aram. He'd be smiling now. I wish he were here, to hear what the rabbis say about him, because that's what he'd always say. He'd say, you should hear, see what the rabbis think of me and what they do, and I'm here, you should come. But Oscar, I only wear yarmulkes. He said, no, you have to wear a hat when you come when you come to pray here. And I remember I praying in room 101 with my grandfather many, many years ago, who died in 1965. And yes, he was a great son. He was a devoted son. They came here from a town which was under three different rule in 20 years. Part of Transylvania, which was then called, the Hungarian was Kolesvá. Now the city is called Cluj. It's part of Romania. And 20 years before that, it was Klausenberg so you can imagine the turmoil where they lived and my grandfather in 1928 came over here well he came over here a few years before and he he's a learned man and he was very wealthy there but here he sold ties in the Lower East Side and borrowed money from Estelort another Hungarian to bring his eight children and his wife over here to America and they all worked and they all paid Lauder back and Oscar had a jewelry store my sister remembers that the most beautiful actresses came into his jewelry straw on the Peerless Hotel. I think it was, I don't know if it's still there, but it was on Broadway in, in the 40s. And she would marvel. 46? And my sister would just love to hang out there. They're older than I am. I don't tell them I said so. One of my sisters is an actress and she doesn't like to give a rage up. But they, they used to hang out with Oscar and they would love to watch all the beautiful people come in and then Oscar went to war and he sold his jewelry store and he fought he was a good man, a strong man who went to fight for all of us against the scourge of nazism, totalitarianism people who burnt books who were anti-learning anti-open-mindedness and definitely anti-semitic and he fought in a battle called Bastogne, I don't know how many of you are students of history, but the Germans surrounded the entire group and they said, we want your answer. I shouldn't say this here, but it has a double meaning, and the, and the McAuliffe said, nuts, and the Germans said, was is das, nuts? And they fought their way out of this, and I, I don't like the correct rabbis, but there were six out of our 350 who survived, and Oscar was six, and if there was any doubt of what kind of a righteous person or religious person he would be, there was no doubt anymore when he left the war. He saw a terrible death. He saw a terrible turmoil. He saw his friends die all around him. And he constantly, his mother was sick, and he constantly sent money home for his meager uh, army paycheck to help his mother, who was, who was very ill. And I, I think she died before the end of the war, right, Mother? She died when he was away, right? Okay, left a lot of money behind but Oscar used to come here and I I don't know if he stayed here all Saturday even when he was younger maybe he used to go home I don't know come back back. but when he was older he stayed here and I used to kid him I said you're you're trying to emulate King David because David knew he was going to die on a Shabbat and he said if he'd study Torah all day then he couldn't die. So I said, is that why you're staying? He says, no, it's really my legs. I really <laughs> I really can't go back and forth anymore. And even though there was a a, a minion every day and on Shabbat recently at um, Stoudmire, right across the street from his house, I said, why don't you go there? He said, not be with my friends, not be with my rabbis. I said, how can I do that? And, and he, yes, he had a lot of kach. He thought he was strong. He... We had a woman, he was hospitalized. I took him to the hospital in in October. His leg swelled up and he wasn't taking it. He didn't like to take his medication because he wouldn't be able to be out and about if he took this medication because he'd have to... He'd be busy. So we wanted to make sure he took his medication. So we had a woman there three days a week, a really nice woman. What do I need her for? She does nothing. We definitely don't need her Erev Shabbos. She's interfering with my... Preparation of going to Shah because we would have her there Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and he he didn't want her. And he fired her under some pretext. He fired her, and this, you know maybe he'd still be with us now if he had this woman there. He just was very independent. Didn't want to do this. Wanted to walk to synagogue. And and the funniest thing is that, you know, I think next week the parsha is uh, Imur, right? And they talk about the Kohenim, what the Kohenim should do and not do. And he's not a Kohenim, but his name was Aaron, right? So we talk about the kohenim And Oscar would tell me what to do and what not to do. And he had a good sense of humor. And I think I said this at his uh, burial. He said to me, the most important thing, he always talked to me about halacha, and this is the most important thing. He says, you're a judge, but you don't know anything what the rabbis know. And I said, okay, I'm not disputing that. And then he would say, we have to bury me, you have to bury me within 24 hours, you have to make sure. He says, uh, Craig is going to be in charge, but he's in Florida, and if you better do this, you better make sure that he does. I said, Oscar, we have a big problem. And he said, what do you mean? And I'm writing all this out, by the way, because you know he was very hard of hearing at the end. So I'd write, he'd talk back, I'd write, he'd talk back. He loved it, he would talk to me on the phone. He didn't hear anything I said, but he could tell me whatever he wanted. <laughs> And I said, we have a big problem. He said, what's that? I said, well, Oscar, you and I, you know, you don't hear what I say. I don't know when you're going to die, and you're going to, you live alone. And I call you, and you don't hear the phone, so I don't know if you're alive or not. I said, you have to call me 24 hours before you pass. (laughs) He says, I will. (laughs) And he got around it, because he made sure that he was hospitalized before, and that they were watching him. And he made sure that we buried him. He died three in the morning, and he was buried with the help of all these wonderful people who loved him.
0: Rabbi
5: Uh, Rabbi Rosenblatt, uh, Yisla Rosenblatt's great grandson, was with him, watching the body. But you know, he—I just want to tell you how he probably never even told you this. My grandfather's first cousin was a Nobel Prize winner. Could he tell you that? Yeah. But he held you guys in much higher regard than this fellow. He won the Nobel. Robert Barony won the Nobel Prize in 1910 or 1915 in medicine. And if you ever saw any of the old movies, The Barony Chair, where the, the astronauts and the pilots are being tested with, for the force of gravity, they call it the Barony Chair. And I think in one of the last space flights in the 1980s, they disproved one of his theories. But Oscar held all the rabbis here in such high regard he would be so happy I hate to say this he'd be so happy if he could hear maybe he can he can hear all the wonderful things that you say to him he had two passions as it was said one was studying Torah and he studied Torah and he admitted that he wasn't he didn't have the advantages of his brother because when he came here he had to work his younger brother went to Yeshiva University and graduated Yeshiva University my grandfather and my uncle and And his brother would, and unfortunately his brother died at 59 in 1979. Um, Studying Torah was a a love of his. And, you know, when I brought him to the hospital, he said, make sure you go into the hospital. It was an emergency. His his legs, he says, we'll go tomorrow. I said, why tomorrow? He says, because I have to go pray. He said, no, we're going to go today, and I'll bring you to in, and I'll bring you to and you'll go and you'll pray in the hospital. And he was out in the hospital the second time he was out, in the hospital, and he was really not responding, I held his hand, he grabbed me, and then when my mother came, he somehow got alert on a Sunday, this, a week before he, he Passover, and he woke up, and he was alert, and he talked to me, he talked to my mother, he said to my mother, take care of yourself, he wanted to say goodbye, he was waiting to die, really to say goodbye to his soul surviving sibling and he and there was a, the guy next to the, in the bed was watching soccer so I turned his TV on the soccer and, and the United States was playing, I forgot what country and the nurse comes in and he was responsive and talking this is, the doctors were saying he was not responsive, he's not going to do it, and then he made a, a slight recovery but I really think it was because he wanted to say goodbye to his sister and he was vain I'm strong. I wear out the goalies. I'm 88 years. You know, he played till he was like 88. He would go there. And I have pictures of him in his t shirt in his 80s. And I said, Oscar, I thought you can't be vain if you're religious. He says, What am I going to do on Yom Kippur? I have to have a few sins. So he was vain. And I think he dyed his hair. He had the blackest hair for a guy who was 95. It was amazing. But he loved to be here. He loved to study Torah. He came early and he stayed late. And I'll tell you something, of all the wonderful things that you said about him, he would love, of all the wonderful things you think he did for you, you did this for him and you made him very happy. Thank you very much. And he smiled because of all of you. He said he smiled, he smiled
0: because of all of you. Um, immediately after Kael Muller Outside, there will be a a light collation, you're all invited. Keamale Rachman will be said by Rabbi Harry Nussenbaum, a mispalel in armenian (coughs) Israelite. (laughs)
6: El Mole Rahamim Show Hellam Romim Amitay Emanuhan Echo no Taraskan of B'mahalos Kedoshim Uteyorim Mazehirim Esenishim As Aaron Zer ben Yaakov Eliezer Sheolach Shachoso, Hosso Gulda Bas Yakov Eliezer Umish Bachto ch'evresfard, Hebrew Sfard Shayeshiva Zabenitsa Gohono, not Bulitza Dako Vyadaskoras Nishimo So Amenuch also Lacha Bala Rahamim Yasti Beobis, a second of Leah Lamim. It's rabbits Rahim as I don't know you we are mishkava benama amen